You know, today is Easter Sunday, the day that we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we believe that Jesus arose from the dead bodily, physically, personally, and literally. We believe that with all of our hearts. But you might be wondering today, really, what is the big deal about Easter? Is it really that important? Does it really make a difference? In other words, would it change anything today if Jesus, his body, was still in the tomb? Uh, Billy Graham once told Time magazine, he said, if I were an enemy of Christianity, I would aim right at the resurrection because that is the heart of Christianity. And Ray Pritchard in his book, who's quoting Dr. Graham, said the founder of the Jesus Seminar, Dr. Robert Funk, offers a perfect example of what Billy Graham was talking about. This is how Dr. Funk explained what happened to Jesus' body after his crucifixion. And I quote, the tales of entombment and resurrection were latter day wishful thinking. Instead, Jesus's corpse went the way of all abandoned criminals bodies. It was probably barely covered with dirt, vulnerable to the wild dogs that roamed the wasteland of execution grounds. End quote. Beloved, if what Dr. Funk says is true, that would mean that Jesus was both a lunatic and a liar. Because Jesus said in Matthew sixteen twenty one, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Matthew seventeen twenty two and 23 says, and while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, the son of man shall be betrayed into the hands of men and they shall kill him. And the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. You see, if what Dr. Funk says is true, not only was Jesus a liar, but so are those who lived and died for him. And not only those men and women but also all of us who worship and serve and follow him. I am a liar if what Dr. Funk says is true, because I have preached for many years the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul says this, that if, that if Jesus did not rise again, if Jesus is still in the tomb, he says in 1 Corinthians 15, 14 through 19, these words. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we've testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not for if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain and ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ. Those who died trusting Christ, they're perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Beloved, I want you to see today afresh and anew. I want you to see just how vital 
the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ really is. Here's the glorious news. Dr. Funk and all those who stand with him in denying the resurrection of Jesus are wrong. They're liars. They're false prophets. They're wrong. Jesus arose again. Jesus lives forever. Now, I want you to notice in Acts chapter one, beginning at verse one, these words, Acts chapter one, beginning at verse one, the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Look at verse three, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, I want to talk to you today and show you some of those infallible proofs that Jesus certainly displayed after his passion being with them 40 days. I want to show you from the God from God's word some of the appearances uh, some of the times that he appeared to various people. I'm going to use a lot of scripture if you want to jot it down. If you can't follow with me as we're turning, that's fine. But just listen. But you can jot down the references as well. First of all, we know that he appeared to Mary Magdalene in Mark chapter 16 and verse 9. We read that this morning at our sunrise service. Here's what the Bible says. Now, when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And then we know he not only appeared to Mary Magdalene, he also appeared to the women returning from the tomb. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 9 and 10, it says, And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. Think about it. Here are these folks who thought they were going to anoint the body, the dead body of the Lord Jesus Christ. They get there and they find an empty tomb. Going back, they meet the Lord Jesus himself. And it says, what? That they fell and held him by the feet and worshipped him. He is worthy of worship. He is worthy of honor. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's alive forevermore. We know he also appeared to Simon Peter. Luke 24, 34 says this, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and have appeared to Simon. Then we read in Luke 24, 13-33, he appeared to the Emmaus Road disciples. And then we know he also appeared to the apostles. In Luke 24, verses 36 through 43, here's what it says. And as they thus spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. Imagine that they're there and all of a sudden standing in the midst of them is the resurrected Jesus Christ himself. He said unto them, peace be unto you. The next verse there in Luke says they were terrified and affrighted and supposed they had seen a spirit. You can understand that. I can understand that as he stands there. But it says in verse 38, he said unto them, why are you troubled and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? He says, behold, my hands and my feet, that it is myself. 
Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. He says, look at me, look at my hands, look at my feet, look at my body. And it says in verse 40, and when they had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. That's Luke 24, 36 through 43. Now imagine, this is the resurrected Jesus Christ. He says, look at me. We said what? He arose bodily, physically, personally, and literally. He says, hey, do you have anything to eat? And there he was. He ate of that broiled fish and that honeycomb. He truly is alive. He truly is. Then we know that there was a, a, an apostle, follower of Jesus, who has come to be known as Doubting Thomas. And we read the story of Jesus appearing to Thomas in the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter, verse 26 through 29. And it says in John 20, 26, and after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. But listen to the next part. Blessed are they that have not seen, yet have believed. Beloved, if you're a believer That's you. That's me. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. He appeared to Thomas. Now, there are all kinds of false teachings out there about what happened to Jesus. How that he really didn't maybe even die, but he just kind of swooned and the coolness of the tomb brought him back to life. All kinds of weird things. All kinds of beliefs that actually take more faith to believe than believing that Jesus arose again. Some say that people were just hallucinating. That uh, they would just imagine they saw Jesus. Well, there's a passage in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the 6th verse, that kind of, kind of uh, puts a, a bullet in that thought. Because it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, after that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. Now, I guess that one or two people might hallucinate, but 500 at once? Beloved, people were not hallucinating that they saw Jesus. They saw the resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, listen. The reason that the resurrection is so important is because the resurrection of Jesus and Christianity itself, it rises or falls together. In other words, you can't have the one without the other. 
If Jesus did not come back to life in the resurrection, then we really don't have anything today. We're as miserable. We're in our sins. We're lost. We're dumb. We're stupid. See, it rises or falls together. But we know we've been assured of by many infallible proofs that he rose again. And because he lives, we can live. Because he rose again, we can have eternal life. Eternal life. You see, the resurrection, beloved, it confirms that he was who he said he was. It confirms that he could do what he said he would do. It confirms that he truly is the Savior. There have been many religious leaders all throughout the history of man. And all of them died. And they did not rise again. But one, the Lord Jesus, he voluntarily laid down his life on the cross. He shed his precious blood. He was put in that tomb. And the third day, he arose again. And he lives forevermore. Now, because he did that, friend, you and I can have eternal life. The Bible is very clear in saying that all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. I have sinned. If you're honest today, you'd say, yes, I have sinned as well. We've all fallen short of God's glory. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. That's what we've earned. That's what is ours by our sin. But that verse doesn't stop there. That verse says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He sent Jesus The God-man, perfect God, perfect man, joined in the flesh. He lived a sinless, perfect life. But then he voluntarily laid down his life on the cross, took upon himself our sin, the sin of the whole world, shed his blood, was buried and rose again. And the Bible says if we believe on him, if we put our faith in him, If we ask him, he will forgive our sin. He will make us a child of God. He will give us eternal life. Now, the question today is, do you have that hope? Do you have that peace? Do you have that assurance that comes because you know that you personally have turned from your sin to Christ, that you personally have placed your faith in Jesus Christ alone. You see, all of us have to come to the cross. All of us have to come to Christ ourselves. I can't come for you. You can't come for me. My two little boys, I can't come for them. They must trust Christ themselves. 
Your grandma or grandpa, they can't trust Jesus for you. Your mother or father, they can't trust Jesus for you. Even if there's a preacher in your family, that preacher can't trust Jesus for you. You have to repent of your sin. That is, turn from your sin to Jesus Christ. You have to call out to the Lord. You have to take him by faith personally. You have to trust Jesus alone. And I wonder today, as you've come in on this Easter Sunday, and we've sung his praise, we've thought about the glorious resurrection. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you truly know that if you were to leave this place today, you'd open your eyes in heaven? I want you to understand you cannot save yourself. Some have the mistaken idea that if they're good enough or they do some good works or they volunteer or help in charity or whatever, if they can just do more good than bad, there's some magical set of scales and God will weigh their good and bad and let them into heaven. The Bible says it's not of works. Not of works. Some believe while I come to church, I'm glad you do. I'm glad you're here today. But coming to church does not save you, friend. Some say, well, you know, I try hard. Doesn't cut it. Some say, well, I, 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 I do my best to keep the Ten Commandments. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus says, I am the way, truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father but by me. Some say, well, you know what? I've been baptized. Listen, being baptized in water does not save. Yes, the believer ought to be baptized, the step of obedience. But listen, you'll go in as a dry sinner and come out a wet sinner if you're trusting in baptism to save you. You say, well, I give a good amount of money to the church. Doesn't matter. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. If you're going to be saved, you must come to Christ. Now, the question is this. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you don't, friend, you're lost. You're destined for an eternity apart from Christ. You're condemned already. But today, you can come in faith, believing on Christ and Christ alone. You can come to Christ today and leave here knowing Beyond the shadow of a doubt. That if you were to die in the next moment. The Bible says to be absent from the body. Is to be present with the Lord. He came. He died. He was buried. He arose again victorious. Because he wanted you to have life. Eternal life. 
abundant life, joyful life. Do you have Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you know that you know that you know that Christ is your Savior? That is the question. And each one must answer it for themselves. Do you have Christ as your Savior? Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Nobody looking around. Nobody rustling papers. Nobody doing that. Just sitting quietly where you are. Friend, how do you answer that question today? How do you answer that question today? I wonder, while nobody's looking around, how many today would lift a hand? Listen now. You know that you're born again. You have no doubt about it. You know there's been a time in your life where you've trusted Christ. You've asked to forgive you of your sin. You know that you know that you know that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven. You have no doubt about it. You know you're a child of God. You know you're born again. You know you're saved. If that's you, as a testimony today, would you lift your hand high and hold it high and say, I know that I'm born again. Now, don't put it up if you don't know. But you know that you're born again. Would you lift your hand high? I know that I'm born again. All right, you can put them down. You need to be praying for those who couldn't put up a hand today. And there were many. And I want you to be praying for them. Now, thank you for those who were honest and you couldn't put up a hand today because you don't know, you're not sure. Friend, today is the day to settle that. Today is the day to turn from your sin and come to Christ. You might be a church member. You may have already been immersed. You may have been in church all your life. But you realize today you don't know Christ. In a moment we're going to have prayer. And then we're going to have an invitation song. And friend if you don't know Jesus. Listen today's the day to come to him. Today's the day to turn from your sin to Christ. Today's the day to have eternal life. And it can be yours for the asking. And in a moment after I pray, and we're going to begin singing, Because He Lives, I want to ask you to come and meet me down here. And there are folks who would love to take a Bible and share the gospel with you. Listen, there's no need to be embarrassed. There's no need to be hesitant. Nobody's here judging you. Listen, if you take a step out today, know this. Man, I'm rejoicing with you. Others are rejoicing. Because those who lifted a hand today and say, you know what, I'm saved. They realize there was a time in their life where they sat where you sat. And they realize there was a time when they didn't know that they were saved and they didn't have eternal life. And they know what it is to come from death to life. And those believers today say, you know what, I want that for everybody else too. And they'll be rejoicing with you. So here's what we're going to do is we're going to close in prayer. We're going to sing our final song. And today I want to invite you to come and meet Jesus. Take him by faith and leave this place with your sin forgiven, with Christ as your Savior and heaven as your home. Now, Father, I pray. And Lord, I thank you for the many who lifted a hand today. And we know that's all because of your grace and your mercy.
We're not worthy of the least of your benefits, but in mercy, you reached down and saved us. Now, Father, we have friends and loved ones and family members and others today who couldn't put up a hand. Lord, I pray today as the Holy Spirit is working in their life, I pray they take a step out of that pew and come down today and let someone show them from God's word how they can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that their sin is forgiven and heaven is their home. Give them courage, Father, as they step out today and come to Christ. I pray these things in the Savior's name. Amen and amen.